All right, man. So we are back here on the Know to Grow podcast. It has been a wild two months. To all of our guests and listeners and viewers, thank you so much for returning. We are in the middle of quarantine, start of uh, month three, and it's been quite the ride. I am joined by a regular guest of the show, a very close friend, Max Julian. Max, welcome back to the Notre Girl Podcast, my brother. Glad to be here, man. First time, long time, bro. Once a guest, always <laughs> a guest, as our favorite team in basketball likes to say. Absolutely, man. Um, to all of our listeners, uh, Max Julian has uh, had the chance to work from home. You live, we reside uptown. We go way back to high school. If you want to give folks a little bit of an intro on uh, the industry you're in, uh, whether you're an essential worker, how quarantine's been going for you, the topic for today is pop culture within the quarantine, and whether that's Netflix for a lot of us or figuring out old documentaries we're jumping on, we'll be talking about The Last Dance, uh, basketball, uh, sports, the draft, uh, Ozark, Ballers, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you name it. So what's quarantine been like for you, my man? Uh, it's been a never-ending story, like the one that we, we used to watch when we were kids. Like, I wake up in the morning, I eat breakfast, I do my job until 5, 6 o'clock in the evening. I have tried to wind down, watch a little television, chill out a little bit, you know, jump on social media and talk a little bit of... Am I allowed to curse on here? Yeah, you can curse on here. Okay, you yeah, talk, a little, talk a little bit of shit here and there. Oh, um, good shit. <laughs> and, you know, be a, be the dutiful husband that I really am. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. <laughs> and since you took it there, how is quarantine going for your special lady, the queen of the house? The queen of the household is doing well, man, as a, a central worker. You know what I mean? Like, uh, she's out and about every day. But, you know, we were taking as much care as we're able. Um, you know, I think she's young and fairly healthy. God willing, everything should be fine. Maybe she doesn't come in contact with it, but... Who knows? It's real out here, man. I've had a couple co-workers, you know, that may or may not have come in contact. So I'm glad that I'm I'm working from home currently. So I'm I'm okay. You know what I mean? So things are going well. We're just trying to bide our time and follow instructions, which I wish more people would do. <laughs> Thank you for that. I absolutely agree. For uh for you and for any of our listeners in the Notre Girl podcast, uh, our quarantine's been uh very fortunate. My immediate family and I have not been uh, coming to uh, too much, too close to the virus. We've been pretty isolated in our own home. Um, we've been able to move all of our services and classes online, which has been uh, very, very useful and very um, safe. And thank thankfully, we've been able to continue the services. However, our my quarantine is different from yours in that I have kids, and and I also get to spend the entire week with the same people, twenty four seven for the entirety of the quarantine. Sounds like you are in a unique situation where you have one person leaving the house, one person coming out. So does that does that put you in charge of a little bit more housework in the meantime? Now that you're now that you now that you spread the commute. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, it's it's what you can do in a partnership. You know, that's what it is. Like I've stepped up and you know did a little bit more, obviously, of the household things, just because you know I know that she's leaving the home every day. Although I'm also working day or nine hours a day as well but being that there's no commute time you know there are things that i could pick up and do uh you know but outside of my normal routine chores and household activities 
Um, and to all the listeners, for the very subtle husband reminder, yes, uh, Max has been working eight to nine hours a day. It's one of those reminders that a lot of husbands uh, make sure to put out there every now and then. Like, hey, by the way, I'm working too. We're yeah, in it together, honey. You're wearing it together, honey. Except, you know, when they go have to go outside every day and you get to stay home all, all the time, they don't want to hear that shit. No, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not fair. And uh, I'm with the queen on this one. So the topic for today is pop culture. And, mm-hmm. the, you know, how you're spending quarantine. I was breaking it down into one of my group chats. Quarantine can be really like three groups. You got the single heads. And then for, you know, for grown adults, you got the single heads, you got the married or the, or the couple folks with no kids, and then you got the, the units with the kids. And depending on where you fall on this, it's a very different quarantine experience. Uh, pop culturally, you get more time in the house, and then by the time the lady comes home, you guys are getting ready for the, the evening dinner, you know, what have you, the usual how has your pop culture consumption changed? I mean, we all know that one of the first signs of this was uh, when the NBA shut down. You and I are huge NBA fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we actually got a chance to meet. We got a chance to meet like five days before New York City shut down. So it's been very, very real, um, both, you know, opening this quarantine up with you in person and now continuing it virtually. Yeah, I remember. It was a good evening, good times, uh, you know, but... It's been a big transition, I think, for everyone. I, I passed my, I had my birthday pass during this, and um, recently uh, in March, my my brother had a birthday uh, yesterday. Um, so you know, not being able to go out, not you know, doing anything, not having any of that available to you is sort of eye awakening. Um, as far as my consumption of social happy belated media, birthday, thank you for the Julian that. to the Julian clan. Yes, the go you ahead. Know, Working on expanding. We got to, you know, diversify our bonds. Always. (laughs) Always. Um, Diversify that portfolio, as they said on the Chappelle show. Go ahead. Exactly. Um, But, I mean, it's been a different different experience. I think, you know, having all of that time and nothing to do, I think there are a lot of people who are going to come out of this, uh, you know, and financially. And if you were somebody who's fortunate enough not to have your income sort of evaporate on you as a result of this. A lot of savings, you know, because you're not spending it on any sort of outside activities, not doing anything outside of the normal. Facts. Um, you know, so what do we do in that situation? When you're home all day, you're going to turn the television, man. Um, so if you, whether it's Netflix, Hulu, um, especially Amazon with no Prime, on. No especially with no sports. Yeah, there's no sports. There's no, you so, know, and that's, that's crucial. Like, no NBA you, is crazy. Do you have cable? Um, I turned that, I turned it off in the midst of this, like didn't need oh, it. <laughs> you cut the cord as soon as the quarantine happened. Uh, yep. That's smart. <laughs> Cause the only reason to keep cable was live sports. Exactly. And, and then, uh, it, they don't got MSG network on, uh, <laughs> you know, it's tough to, it's tough to reach the live sports when you're cordless. You got to get a little extra creative and, uh, this time, so yeah, you might have been? to break a couple laws, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bend a couple rules. Excuse Bend me. a couple of not, rules, you know, break the contracts and be like, we're done. Like that. It's a wrap. This, this relationship with the cable company is done. Yeah, so, well, you know, you got to look at the situation. And, uh, you know, I know, I mean, you got kids, so your situation is completely different. If they don't get their Caillou, they might throw a revolt on the bro, house. Honestly, my kids <laughs> watch more of, you know, HDMI 2, the, the source. The source is mm. all on their streaming. They're not watching anything really on uh, live television. I think 
the only the, the last man standing between us and cutting that cord were was live sports and as soon as i take the uh you know the patience to figure out how to access all my live sports without really needing it i'll have to i'll, I'll have to make that plunge and i'm yeah. gonna go cordless soon enough and join every one of you yeah i mean you could do it if you get like a hulu like plus television you'll get espn um that's basically all you needed like pretty much I definitely know that, you know, in a situation like this, you know, people are uncertain. They don't know what's going to go on in the future. So in a situation like that, you're going to cut expenses, man. And then, you know, like you said, that's the last thing to go. Live sports was the last thing holding the tether. And now that that's not on the table, you know, you'll find other ways. Cable got rocked, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll maybe get to sports a little bit later. But you did mention some Netflix stuff. Uh, pop culturally, I got, I got to, you know, start off. The quarantine did have a few surprise hits come out of the come out of the blue and tiger king is one of those things that happened for better or for worse did you and the lady at the residence partake in tiger king yes or no and uh, take us through that surprisingly no man like did not partake saw it uh understood like the concept of it uh but didn't get into it man i keep seeing it online i hear people talk about it but my boss is dropping bars in the email about it um but that being said, not not yet, man. Um, haven't got into it. I mean, I'm kind of a different sort of dude, man. Like as soon as everybody jumps on something, it makes me want to jump off. Mm, so, I see that. <laughs> you know, like I like to either get there first or I'll revisit it later once the hype's died down so I could kind of evaluate it without the emotion space, involved. Without exactly. all that noise. That exactly. extra noise on the outside. Exactly. The hype so, will have you believe in some, some real trash shows are, are good, you know? So does that ever bother you when you got that little... Do you ever have a little FOMO when even the boss or someone you got to, like, keep up with is talking about it and you're just like, ah, oh, who the F is Kyle Baskin? Or just like, <laughs> I really do not care about this tiger-ish. Just let's keep this moving. Let's get back to work. Like, how does that kind of go through your mind when you, when you know that everyone's talking about something and you've chosen to sit this one out? I mean, you just sit it out. You kind of get shelved in the conversation. Like, you're not going to jump in and interject. But at the same time, it's like, hey, I, I understand where the reference comes from. But, you know, I don't get it. Like, one of my boys doesn't watch sports. So anytime mm -hmm. we get one of these Pep Rally emails, like, you got to raise your batting average. He doesn't understand, like, what we're talking about because he's like, I don't watch sports. <laughs> batting <laughs> average. Like, All right, huh? I guess I have I have a pretty good idea uh, what, you, what era your supervisor is from. And <laughs> on that note, uh, <laughs> so uh, at, at our residence, we did watch Tiger King. Uh, my wife and I were like, ah, now nah, we're just going to mess with one episode. And, you know, when you're Bangladeshi, uh, the tiger is like one of the cool things you can kind of like appropriate from your own culture and be like, yeah, we rock the tiger, the Bengal <laughs> tiger. We got that. So we had to see what the fuss was about, and it was bat-ish, just bat shit, man. It was crazy, and it was like, uh, nah, we're not watching this again. We're not. We're good. We're good. We get it. We understand. And then the next day, we're like, oh, crap. We just got to get through it. How many episodes again? Once we knew it was like six or seven, we just had to grin and just like grit our teeth and get through it. I think it was way too early in quarantine for us to take any chances and miss out, mm -hmm. um, and it was one of those shows with uh, not as big of a commitment. So while you said that, it's about six episodes, hours or half hours. Like. It's it. It's like, it's like 45, 50, 55 minutes. 
And it's like a, it's like a good Netflix hour, uh, you know, the, that good Netflix hour between 45 and 55 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and um, honestly, dude, I, I don't know if it's worth it ever watching it because the hype is over. However, you know, in actual quality television, it's, it's just a four out of 10 at best on its, on its best day. On its best day? On its best day. It's just super trash TV. So if you can think of some trash TV that you really like, um, that you really enjoy, what, what, what would be the most recent trash TV? Would it be like the Puffy Dream making the band video stuff or, or anything like that? Like what, what was like your bar for trash TV that you kind of sat through? Damn, that's that's a very good question. I'll be honest with you, man. If I want trash TV consumption, I can get that off the internet, like straight, like from the source. Uh, but I I don't watch the Real Housewives. I ain't into uh, you know loving hip hop. Okay. I'm off all of it. I try to watch my mental health and diet the same way I should be watching my physical health and diet. But you know, like if it's all something right. I, if I don't view quality, I'm not doing it. So. That trash TV bar is real high for me. <laughs> All right. We are putting Tiger King to bed. I've given it a 4 out of 10 on its best day, and I do not recommend it to anyone uh, now that the hype's over. Uh, take us through what you have been watching, and then I'll go through some of mine while we're on the small screen. Well, I, I sampled Ozark, um, and I've been watching a lot of Ballers recently. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's cool to go back into, like, a series that's over. Like, well, like I mentioned, that you didn't participate in a minute. Like, you know, I'd go back and watch maybe, like, I went back and watched The Wire a million times. So I, I, I'm not going to do that again. Um, Dude, if you were going to divert into The Wire, I would have, like, saved, like, an hour longer for this show. But... Yeah, we could break down the dichotomy of how, like, all of the characters represent basically the same archetypes within different... No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> that... Oh, you read that Ringer article the, the, the last ten times they ran it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves it, man. He I'm just kidding. It, it's, just, it's just a little dig at the Ringer that we like to do on the Nota Girl podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Ringer's the king of podcast stuff. and All respect to the, the podfather, but we're doing things our own way here. But uh, go ahead. Yeah, man. So uh, a lot of Ozark, a lot of ballers. I mean, I'd, I had been on Ozark for the first couple seasons, uh, you know, so it was nothing new. It was like getting back on the bikes so when it came out. You know, I've held off a little while before jumping in. But now that we've been in quarantine, uh, it's good to delve go into bike, it again. Huh? Yeah. Haven't let go of the bike. You're, you're picking up the speed. Yeah, picking up speed, like, and now I'm just all the way downhill. Um, but it's easy to do because it's a great series. I mean, that gets kind of overstated in some cases, and there are a lot of shows that are overrated, but Ozark is definitely not one of them. <laughs> and it's, it's actually one of those series that everyone's talking about that I have not had a chance to uh, mess with yet. So for any of our viewers here and listeners who aren't um, on the Ozark train uh, with me, can you give us a 30 seconds like summary of it? Just so without any spoilers, uh, I see the very handsome Jason Bateman is, uh, is starring in, and Laura Linney. I love her acting as well. Uh, but take us through the premise of it and then uh, any final remarks on Ozark before we move over to Ballers a little bit. Well, uh, Jason Bateman plays a, um, an accountant <laughs> and, and he ends up going afoul of the law and ends up in the Ozarks. Um, but you know, him, he experiences it, he goes through it, his family goes through it, but, you know, seeing the role that they each play and their development as characters, 
is one of the most fulfilling parts of the show. I mean, I feel like it's extremely well written. Um, the acting you get on it is tremendous. Um, all around, it's a high quality series, man. It, like, I, I don't want to say it's similar to Breaking Bad because, you know, let it stand on its own and be its own great show as well. But it's something in that vein, but, you know, with a quicker pace to it than that. And um, oh, I like the sign great of that. Show. I like great the sign show. quicker pace. Yeah, great show. It's definitely something I got to uh, jump on to with uh, Nipa and I. We've been watching a lot of documentaries, and I'll go through our list in a minute. Um, however, just the hour-long fictional series, I think it's been a minute since her and I have been on that. And uh, I'll talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and what I love about it so much in a little bit. However, yeah. I just uh, advise you watch it without the kids. That's for you and her only time. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I don't think we watch anything with uh, my children. Uh, we've been watching like Simpsons and like we've been putting them on to like cartoons. You know, we had That's the good. DuckTales movie. And, you wow. know, DuckTales like if it's, if it's DuckTales, like you, me, uh, like our generation, we are all about DuckTales and Darkwing Duck. And the whole so it's really afternoon, bro. Yo, Disney Plus <laughs> has been wild. It's uniting us because like we can put them on to the stuff that we grew up on mm-hmm. and then be like, nah, don't watch, don't watch the, like this part of rescue Rangers. This is kind of trash. Tailspin was better or whatever, you know, your, um, whatever our opinions may be. However, little, go ahead. Little Aladdin time for them. Like, oh, although, I don't know. That might like, be troublesome. I don't why know. don't you, like- <laughs> uh, go study your culture where you, why don't you study where you came from? <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, uh, it's like, Oh my God, we look like, like that. It's appropriated. Exactly. Like, like, appropriated? That's not how we pray. Just kidding. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's a nine, 92 appropriation level. So, uh, but you put me on to it. I'm definitely going to uh, get us um, an appointment with the, with the queen of this house on Ozark for an evening. And uh, take us through balls a little bit. Uh, take us through a 30-second summary of that. It's been like at least five seasons on HBO. We got our main man, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And what do you like about it so much? Um, I think it's, it's, you know, for somebody who's for sports, it's kind of like the flip side of it, like seeing like behind the scenes stuff, although it's a, a bit outrageous, but everything is so overstated in it. And the, the acting is so bombastic by the rock that it's like, it's still entertaining. I would say that's about as trash TV as I get. Like I give it like a mm-hmm. strong seven series, but it's entertaining. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you can't really go wrong. The rock doesn't do stuff that's not entertaining, you know? So it, it was definitely two, a good show. That's two rock references, and uh, that's and and for the third uh, Dwayne Johnson reference, uh, you know, Nipa at this household, she's a big Dwayne Johnson fan. She she loves the Rock. Her dad uh, is a big wrestling head. He's a big Cena head, Rock head, Hulk Hogan. So he's he's been and Stone Cold. So Hogan? I, I, like, what about Macho? He left Macho out there. You know, like where, like he loves Macho Man, got mad respect for him. But there's just one thing that my father-in-law always goes through over and over in Bengali, and he's like, in Bengali, he's like, you know something? Once upon a time, they used to say, wrestling without Hulk Hogan is zero, and like that's like his go-to phrase for every like social, uh, like sports <laughs> conversation. And we pull it to wrestling, and he just goes into his. Hulk Hogan worship moment. And, um, but he got mad respect for everybody. He got respect for the heels. He got respect for uh, Undertaker early days. He, I, I think his, 
his one of his favorite wrestlers over over time was definitely Undertaker. But you know, Hogan's that Hogan's that back in the day ish where he gets to like think back to his times, you know, when he first got here type stuff. I mean, we came in the same the same generation. So yeah. Hogan, when Hogan was telling us to say our prayers and eat our vitamins, like we was about it. Like I was about that Hulk Hogan life as a kid. Like so, I yeah, you know, I can understand the the kids nowadays with Cena. So. You know, although I think Ric Flair is the greatest of all time, so you know he's the it's goal. Funny. But it's funny how, like, as we grow up, we got more, much more of an appreciation for like the real, like, human side of these of these uh, wrestlers. Yeah, and for sure. As much as we like appreciate the human side of Ric Flair, we kind of don't appreciate the human side of Hulk Hogan as much because of some of the stuff, you know. So, yeah, some problematic like, things. I mean, yeah, it's Macho's like, problematic too, like. <laughs> The yeah, stories I mean, you hear about him and Elizabeth are, are you know, oh, yeah. kind of uncomfortable, but we got to separate the man from the character sometimes, especially if he's dead. Like, you know, I'm not oh, yeah, showing yeah. him I mean, no more. If, so if the, the folks are gone, um, it's, you know, we're not going to take it there. And while we're on it, Wrestling with Shadows, I'll, I'll let you have the next minute or two. What you think about the Benoit special? Yo, crazy. Crazy. I think, um, you know, just to see really and understand what happened because we all heard how it and played for all out. the for all the Notre girl listeners uh just to set up a really sad premise and just to have some context of the story it's a it's a tragic ending where uh, a wrestler there's a murder suicide involved and uh there could have been uh dependency on steroids and the murder suicide did include a young child who was 10 so it mm-hmm. became one of the biggest scandals in wrestling history and it basically led to the WWE cutting all ties, uh, an absolute, you know, blacklisting or blackout of this person's name. And uh, more than 15, 20 years later, lo and behold, we're approaching uh, a documentary on it. So wrestling with Chad is the Chris Benoit story. Take it, take it, uh, Max. Yeah, I mean... It's funny that they cut all ties, but only after having ran like a special, like they memorialized them first. And then when the word got out about what had actually happened, then they kind of backtracked and now have erased them from history. I mean, it's a damn shame what happened because I, he was a really talented kid, man, and one of the best to ever do it. One of the best performers of all time, you know, and it's not just it potentially steroids. We running into potentially CTE. Yeah, being involved. We're looking I should have mentioned the that. effect of concussions as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he did a horrible thing, and uh, he's not here anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of am okay to separate that. Like I watch old matches, like uh, you know, one of the songs "Lotto" by Westside Gun. The video is actually an old match with Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho in New so Japan. How old? How old is this young hip hop star? Is it a hip hop star or what? He's a hip hop star, but he's not uh-huh. young, man. That dude he's is like young? our age. He's like thirty-seven. Okay, so that's why. Man. So he understands the impact or the contribution inside the ring culturally, and then also understands the conflict with the with the real life uh, dichotomy of it. Yeah, I mean, and as a fan, and he's a mark, man. He's he, this guy's at like every show, so he understands too. Like you could tell, like. You know when somebody loves it and is about it, like how we've been about it for as many years. You know what I mean? So um, guys, a clothing line, run stuff out there. You know, I own some merch, you know, unfortunately. Shout out, shout out his merch. What's his I, uh, I, I what's got his the, line? I, <laughs> um, You're not getting paid off of it anyway. So. I'm not getting, yeah. <laughs> You're not getting paid off of it. 
If you want to find the hoodie I'm wearing, fourth rope. Nah, don't buy it. Yeah, do buy it so he can get some sales. But it's limited, man. He runs limited release merchandise. So you're not even going to be able to get it. So, but, you know, like I said, like Benoit's a great dude. Owns some merchandise with with Benoit on it. Don't feel conflicted about wearing it just because I know what he's done. But he's dead, man. He's not here, man. You can't punish somebody who's gone, man. And, uh, you know, as far as like tragedies and with Hogan, I think a lot of time what we do is we separate out the character. You know, from the person behind it, you know what I mean. So, um, and, that's, and again, none of this is. Uh, I'm not. I'm not rationalizing. And I'm this not brand okay. of Notagro is not condoning any foul acts by any athlete, uh, especially that's off the court. Uh, and we're just here to dissect and analyze it. Uh, yeah, as sure. far as as far as I go, you know, rest in peace to the entire family, starting with his son and his late wife. And of course, any of the medical, tra- you know, trauma that he was going through uh, due to a very violent uh, sport, you know, sports entertainment and the impact that it had, uh, it's just an all around tragedy. And uh, I got, I, you know, a lot of lessons were learned, I'm sure, in, uh, by the WWE mm-hmm. on the way to handle um, and look after some of these things and also make sure not to jump the gun and do a memorialization of someone until you have the entire the facts behind it. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. so it's probably one of those things like, oh, snap. Can we erase that last hour and a half, two hours from everyone's memory? Uh, yeah, for sure. That was the sure. most intense part is to hear, to hear Jericho speak, you know what I mean? And this is a guy that knew him, knew him, you know? And his, like, grappling with how he rationalized it and understood what happened. So I thought it was a great documentary, man. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And as somebody who knows about the sport and kind of knew who the man was or thought we knew, it's always interesting to see someone strip bare and who they really are. You know what I mean? So since we've, since we've jumped on this documentary topic, um, let's, let's finish off with all of some of the lighter comedy stuff at the end. And let's, let's go into uh, some meat and potatoes of this episode of The Last Dance. We're going to have a, a dedicated Last Dance episode. And uh, have you been watching the Michael Jordan documentary special on The Last Dance? And whatever your thoughts been on it? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been interesting to see. I think it's nostalgic to for to a degree to like just understand it as an adult. But again, we also lived it, man. Like, like yeah. when I when we 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 understood the significance of it in the moment at then, like the. Yep. the the phenomenon that was Jordan. Like, LeBron is famous, but Jordan was on a different level of fame at that time, you know? He's bigger than the sport, you know? So to actually go back and relive those moments, I feel was interesting. Um, and I, by no means am I trying to get into this LeBron-Jordan debate. I'm just trying to know, nah. compare the closest no, it, thing no to debate. him. There's no, there's no debate, Max. Nah, there is none. Yeah. There is none, really. And... <laughs> Do you even have a second best player in your mind, or do you not? Do you do you not look at it that way? Do you just look at top five, like I, top no, five, starting I, five, I'm like to stack mind, them. On, the, on the Mount Rushmore? How do you uh, put your Mount Rushmore and you know make it up starting five, whether by position or just best five all time? I think you know you can't do best by position because then you would have you would leave out people like Magic Bird. They all play the same position, kind of. <laughs> Um, although Magic was really a point guard who was forward size, but as far as how I rank them, um, I think Jordan's one. I think LeBron's two. Yeah. You know, like there's no disrespect there. People think it's like no. disrespectful. And I understand the argument by some who try to, but 
the level of dominance was not the same, man. You know, now you gotta, I think I think Kobe's passing taught us all that you can appreciate greatness while not having to compare. Yeah, like, and it's also taught me to like not waste a dynasty when it's happening. Like, I was rooting against the Lakers. Um, I was not a Miami Heat fan, and I'm definitely not a Golden State fan. But then when we, we had the thing with Kobe happen, it makes you realize, like, you want to enjoy uh, generational talent when it's before your eyes live. And uh, you'll enjoy it a lot more if you stop hating so much. So Yeah, you don't got to hate it. You just got to understand it. And, you know, everything is relative. You know, they, you can't only compare these athletes to who they performed against in that moment. Mm. You know? And I do think, like, when we, we rank them, it's it's just a personal opinion. My personal opinion is my personal opinion. But... I got facts to try to back it, <laughs> you know? So, and I don't think it's any disrespect. Everybody knew Kobe was great. I think he was like a top 10 all-time player, you know? So, run out your top five then. You had Jordan, LeBron. <clears throat> who, would Jordan your, who would you put in your final uh, top five? I would say off top, if you ask me, and it might change from here on out, it'd be yeah. like Kareem, mm. three, yeah. um, Magic, four, and five, I might say Duncan if you ask me on the right day. Or Duncan, I have Duncan fifth or sixth. You know what I mean? Somewhere you put in that Duncan range. or Bill Russell? I'm putting Duncan over Bill Russell, man. I'm sorry, cool. man. Like, fine, I'm, fine, I, fine. I don't want to hate on Bill Russell just nah, because. No, no, it's not. You know, it's I didn't. not. You're good. You're good, B. You're fine. <laughs> His significance to the culture is not <laughs> yeah, going to say, <laughs> yo, you seen, those, you, you seen those clips of Mitch Robinson in the gym? I oh think yeah, he's gonna be the next Bill Russell, yeah. Yeah, he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna be <laughs> the next Bill Russell. <laughs> Yo, you see the clips of Kevin Knox in the folding chair? You but the yeah. next Scotty kid. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm stupid. I'm sorry. All right, so all right, so give me a couple of things from the Last Dance uh, that you like. What are your takeaways on Jordan? Because when we grew up, we weren't afforded this internet era of Jordan access. Mm-hmm. It was very, very like stage was very Ahmad Rashad that's my main man um it was very very polished and now we really get to see Jordan in like just sitting in the chair drinking and just, you know saying whatever the heck he wants so yeah uh, I mean in terms of demeanor I think if you if in our era if we looked at it like Jordan barely spoke like you know if you seen him talking it, it was his talk on the court that he was doing Mm-hmm. For the most part. So even to get this close and hear him, his thoughts on certain things, like, you know, everybody's talking about the him getting emotional when people talked about his leadership style and how potentially, you know, oh, they view me as a tyrant, you know, but that's the cost of greatness, man. Like if you, you look at any person that's accomplished anything in their life, you got to have a singular dedication and focus to that one thing. Yeah. You know? That, that, that shit almost sometimes doesn't afford you the luxury of being a well-rounded individual because Heck you no. put so much... That's the exact opposite. The yeah. greater you are, the worse, you're more cantankerous and a, you know, a dick you are to be around. Yeah, and your ego is, is also there. So it's like, you know, like, I understand it. You know what I mean? Like, and at the end of the day, those dudes, that, to a man, they'll say the same thing. It was hard, but we won. You know? I never been in the trenches to lead someone to victory unless it was on a random after school five on five or something. And even then I was just on the team. I didn't lead them to victory. But sometimes you need that mentality, man. And if you pull through corporate America and government, like those top alpha level people, sometimes they're an asshole, man. 
you know? And sometimes usually. being the asshole is a necessary thing. I usually... I think LeBron's the... F- I think Magic was the first great one to not have that uh, characteristic on... But with the media. I think Magic was a fierce competitor on the court. And when he was on the court, you knew he meant business and he wanted to win. He was one of the most competitive players of his generation. However... You know, he, he had that flashy smile and he kind of was able to cover that aspect. You could tell Larry was unhappy or just, you know, looking to just tear your heart out. Larry Bird. Yeah, Larry. And, and Larry talks shit. Like oh, Larry be on the court talking. Uh, he, was, he was a bigger trash talker than MJ on many levels. Yeah, I think, that's I think why MJ Dr. J talked, sucker punched him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And um, Dr. <laughs> Dr. J was not having it. He was like, that's it. Nope. Forget it. You may be a better small forward than me, but I'm gonna get. He was, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get this money. one off. Yeah, I'm gonna get this hand. Get these. This hands is off. that was his like passing the baton to my. Yeah. It's like just just take over t- take over this damn league and this damn position. No one's gonna talk Shit. about this position after with you after you. And so, um, and we see a lot with Isaiah. Um, anything you want to share about the last dance before we move on to some of the final uh, comedy topics of stand up and some uh, you know well, YouTube clips and stuff like that? <clears throat> yeah, sure. One of the one things I wanted to kind of enjoy or like soak in was the the reversal on people's opinion on Charles Barkley, where people was talking shit like Charles was trash, and some people like Draymond Green was out here talking reckless, like oh, I was a better player than Charles. Like, no, you were never a better player than Charles Barkley. Sit the fuck down and enjoy yourself. I got to join you for this one, uh, Max. You know I'm the biggest Scotty fan that most, mother- mo- most motherfuckers know. So for Scottie. me, it's been one of those, like, Scotty Pippen resurgence uh, weeks. I've had, like, four weeks of people texting me every few weeks, every Monday, about, like, yo, man, I didn't know Scotty was this great. Oh, now I know what you're seeing him. Yo, why did he sit out those 1.8 seconds? Take the good <laughs> with the bad. Yo, why did he sign that contract? But this has been a Scotty roller coaster ride. Were you a Barkley fan like that, or you just dislike uh, trash talkers like Draymond Green and those who like run their mouths? Um, I, I I dislike anybody who disrespects like historical sort of precedent and people who get go against who want to make go against the grain comments against all time greats. Like I don't ever feel like you should be disrespecting legends, especially not when you dream on green. Like that yes. should never happen. That's but true. you know, as far as Scotty was involved, it's interesting, man. People like people have always like LeBron fans love Scotty now. Scotty's their man, like because they're like, oh look, look, he was still good, like. Listen, Scotty was a great player, man. Great all-around player. But what he was not, it was a great scorer either. So, oh, heck no. I mean, you know, like, the LeBron things that they accomplished. They're, they're fine. They don't need to, like, they can give it up for Scotty for being a prototype on the defensive end and a little bit of, the, and a lot of the passing. But LeBron's ability to score is, like, in a different universe than Scotty's. LeBron exactly. has LeBron has offensive arsenal, and he's worked meticulously at... Everything from his mid-range to the three-ball to shooting off the dribble, he really worked on his offensive game. And um, but you know, respect respect to any of the fans who want to give it up for Scotty. But yeah, LeBron's at a different table than Scotty, uh, and I'm, that's coming from the biggest Scotty fan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but he's a great player. He won championships. He got to be a top fifty all-time player. You know, there's nothing else you could say, man. He was great. So and it, and I don't I I feel like he was appreciated in the time, but. I feel like in between the time that he's retired and now, 
you know, people may have underrated him a bit, but you know, yeah. he was. I think he was a great player, like honestly. But I think the talk goes too far to try to discredit Jordan to the support of Pippen. Yeah, like, I think nah. that's taken too far. That's taking, that's just that's just the yeah. LeBron um, stand kind of moment. It's like you gotta make sure to prop Scotty up a little extra unnecessarily to try to move Jordan down on his pedestal and kind of bring LeBron up a little bit. We don't need to do all that. No, nah, not at all. <laughs> let's, Just let's understand, because we exactly. were, and, but we were also there, so we kind of understand. Like when people, like when we say these things that we witnessed Jordan do, like please yeah. understand that we're not exaggerating. We saw it. I'm a Nick fan. Uh, like, oh I'm not gosh. a Jordan fan. I'm a Nick fan. Oh but I respect. Him, I respect them because he was destroying us. It was, and he <laughs> dog, and you saw his percentages. I mean. I got I to gotta give it up and gotta give a special shout-out to Kobe Bryant for being the closest thing to Jordan in uh, the form, the game, the crazy competitive nature, even the defense. Mm-hmm. However, Jordan, gosh darn, shot nearly 50% from the field practically his whole career. Yeah, like, and that's including the, t- the years he spent with the Wizards when he was almost – when he, how old was he, like 40? He was like 40, <laughs> 41. So that was – he had like 46 to – 48-something percent career field goal shooting percentage. And the number of game winners and games that counted that he was able to close where even with more talent on his team, um, there were many years where Kobe, even in his prime, had you know just more, more, than, more talent than some of those Bulls teams. However... Wasn't Jordan, able to get it done. Like, yeah, Jordan, and, was able to get, Jordan was able to get it done in a way that nobody else could. And yeah. it, was, it was just sheer mental determination. And it, there, his shot selection was never as poor as Kobe's. No, And rest, rest in power, Kobe Bryant. Uh, but, you know, you know, LeBron's field goal percentage is up there. And, and uh, I got to say that Jordan's was up there too, man. I mean... So Jordan is fantastic, man. He and he, th- there's only I can't think of a single game where Jordan caused like a loss that altered a series. And we've already covered the Orlando Magic Nick Anderson swipe. That was his baseball body. So otherwise, he's never really he played lost. seventeen games. He That's played seventeen regular season games and was it. off the court for two years with a baseball body. He yeah, with a baseball body. body. Yeah, so. And and that was a that was and and that was a really annoying Orlando Magic team for those two years. I'll tell you that much. I was so yeah, happy. Sure. To, I was really happy to watch those four free throws from Nick Anderson. I was like, wow. I was definitely with Hakeem. And that. that was a prime Shaq. Like, and nah, I remember Shaq. That was early Shaq. Shaq. That was skinny Shaq. But skinny Shaq, I felt like still in ways he wasn't as dominant as the early Laker years or during some years as a Laker. But I felt like when. He was in Orlando. His defensive presence and what he meant as an athlete on that level was different. He was and it good. didn't take him long. Like Shaq was legit from the get go. Yeah, it was he, about- he dominated. He dominated from day one as a big and, man. Honestly. Yeah, against a, against the greatest big men. Yeah, in history, against Ewing, against I think Matumbo and Morning. For- every single like twelve times a year, he's going up against the best centers in the league. Yeah, of all time. Honestly, if you put together the list of the top 10 to 15 big men, I guarantee you almost, I would say, seven or eight of them played in the league at the same time. Like Ewing, Olajuwon, 
David Robinson, Robinson Shaq, Shaq, Alonzo Morning, Alonzo Morning, like Dikembe Mutombo, like Mutombo make they, it for the defense. They were all in the league at the same time. And don't I forget got. the Duncan Dutchman, <laughs> Rick Smith's B. Rick Smith was yeah. Rick Rick Smith was kidding. Just kidding. He, was, he used to put work in against us. He like, was. He was, he always did. He always he, did. He was Rick respectable. Smith, the early KP. Uh, <laughs> you know what's nah. funny? It's like that. I, I still got it. Like uh, this is actually the one year anniversary of the draft lottery. So you know we were there last year with the RJ pick. It was it was wild. Yeah, that was crazy. But, <clears throat> That was crazy. It was a good night, yo. That it was, was a good fantastic night. time. It was a fantastic time. But the funny thing is, in February, how Mills got us. Like, how they, <laughs> did, how they did the trade. And we're like, we good. We good. KP wanted to be out. KP wanted to be out. And then, when we really think about it, it doesn't sound like KP was really trying to get out. He was just like, yeah, if you want to trade me, fine. But can I get those four teams? And they're like, oh, uh, uh, trade demand. Did I hear trade demand? And they, once again, Steve Mills... Shit the bed. Yeah, I guess, man. Like, I, you know, would I rather have Chris Stapps? Yes, I would. Do I understand some of the thought process behind it? Yeah. I mean, committing that type of money to somebody who's been as injury prone as he has is always going to be a question mark, you know? And, and then it's always the rumors, the the Giannis play, making power plays. or We wouldn't have know, needed the, that in the, New York. The Spurs I mean, tampering. The, the, the New York media... Would have roasted us for re-signing KP to an extension, for no matter sure. how nope. good he is. Because they, they always, they, they always, they always count on New York. So it, was, it would have been like, oh my God, who would give a seven foot three unicorn uh, an extension? It's genius that the Mavs did it, but it would have been the stupidest thing in the world that the Knicks, if the Knicks did. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. But you know, I mean, I like, I, I like Doncic. I always have liked Doncic. So you know. I've, I felt like he was the best player coming out that year. So when I when KP got traded there, I thought it would be interesting to see them play together. KP's you in know? a perfect place, yo. KP's yeah. In a, KP's in a great you know? place. He's in a much better place than Steve Mills is right now. I'll tell you that much. Well, we're in a lot better place than we were before Steve Mills got. Well, not before he got here because he'd been here for 17 years. Mm-hmm. But before, we're in a uh, lot better kind of clean house. Like, yeah, than we were uh, last year when we had KP yeah, and the two bad contracts. For- just and don't that. trade for Chris Paul, all right? <laughs> you don't want him at all, huh? Not even if he got an asset or two. What if we? What if we got a? What if we got a first rounder to take Chris Paul off their hands? I want two. I want two. You give me two. The two, yeah, the two that they got from Houston, I would like two. <laughs> okay. Or, or the two we were offered last year when we decided not to do it. Okay. You know. All right. You gotta you gotta incentivize because you know what if you if you trade that forty million to your cap that's basically gonna be your team man, and now you're looking at a you're trying to groom the team around R J Barrett and whoever young and Mitchell Robinson and whichever young talent you can add and now you're just gonna add him in there and he's gonna be cool like Chris Paul is is, is known to be ornery he's known to be a take charge kind of guy to the point where Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan didn't want to play with him no more. You know That's what I mean? True. So now and you're going to throw him on a... are gonna be, These young cats won't have anything to do with Chris Paul, and Chris Paul will not have anything to do with these young Knicks players. Hell <clears> no. Hell um, no. It's a recipe for disaster. That's very true. I, I forgot about Chris Paul's uh, just... He's just built in, uh, in that way. Chris Paul he's reminds me so much... He's got some of that Jordan of, mentality, man. He just reminds me so much of Isaiah, yo. He's just the Isaiah of this generation. You know what I mean? I think so. I think he's, he's the got, best little man to... 
I mean, he's in the Isaiah Thomas conversation. I think he he's, gets he's disrespected. At Isaiah's table. He's at Isaiah's table, and and no disrespect to either uh, the ball players. Uh, incredible ball players, both of them. I think Isaiah uh, was able to accomplish a lot more, you know, historically um, mm-hmm. because of taking down the the Celtics, then the Lakers, and then keeping the Bulls down until the Bulls finally had their chance. But um, you know, Chris Paul has not had much playoff success in, in his era, but he's had some fantastic individual accolades. And, you know, that's about it for Chris Paul. I got no other things to say about a 35-year-old point guard with two years and $80 million left in <laughs> his contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good with that. We're, We're good, good with that. that. So, We're good with that. Uh, before we uh, wrap up with a little bit of comedy, uh, what do you want to see the Knicks do with the six or eight pick? Um, I'm not on... To- We've been listening to all the Knicks Twitter. Yeah, we, we got Twitter. we got Knicks Twitter, Knicks podcast. Shout out to toasting and posting and toasting. Yeah, shout, shout out to, to Lockdown Knicks. Posting. Shout out shout to Knicks uh, Hard Knicks Life. Shout out yeah. to Knicks Fan TV, Nick Time Show. Facts, big facts. You know, those are the guys. Those are the OGs. I listen to them like all the time, man. You know what I mean, like. Um, so doing a thing, but as far as what I'd like to see them do, I'm not a point guard or bust. I'll tell you that much. Like I just add the best player you can, you know, based on the position. We don't know what the draft odds are. We know what the odds are. We just don't know where the position is going to be because we haven't had a lottery. So get falling in love with a player is too early. I hear people say LaMelo ball or bust. And I'm like, I don't know. It's not happening. It's not happening, dog. I mean, we got the sixth pick. Like it's very slim chances we're going to have this random rest of the season, like the regular season aspect. Maybe and, the good Lord will did, bless us. Even if we did, I don't see the Knicks managing to fulfill the final tank. Like, we're going to F that up. Yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. I'd just rather stay in six than risk going out to eight. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're Nick going to Nick. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it seems like we always got the eighth pick, though, don't it? That's, that's like, what I'm saying. So, like, let's, let's stay at six. And maybe not come down to four or three. Uh, but if there is, uh, I'm just saying we're not getting LaMelo Ball because unless we use an extra draft pick uh, from the future picks to work something out with a team. Yeah. Like if they, they trade can. down. From like I mean, five. if they fall in love with somebody, they should. But yeah. also be careful what you're doing because, you know, with the, especially with the Dallas picks because you know KP is fragile. Mm. So... You know, that one of those years, they might miss the playoffs. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. what, were they the, what were they currently, like, the six? Like, yeah. you know, so you got to keep those on deck and then see what happens. Like, don't trade yourself out of um, a higher position in a later draft to move yourself up because you don't know, man. We've had plenty of picks that have went top two, top three, but they just went to other teams. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge could have been a Nick. Like, Joe mm-hmm. Kim Noah... Was drafted with another Knicks pick. Oh yeah, you know, we I know. Ju- we've been trading everything from the beginning of the sun. So just be careful how you liberally throw draft picks away. Nene Hilario. All right, Nene Hilario. All right, Tony McDice night. Every every draft night, it's like some funky Nick trade. Yeah, for sure. As we wrap this up, Max, it's been a pleasure. We you know at this, I wanted to you know chit chat some comedy, but maybe we'll save it for a different episode. Um, I've been talking about Brooklyn Nine Nine a lot. <clears throat> uh, I know you got a little. Who's been ta- who's been trying to put you onto Brooklyn Nine Nine? My my younger brother was younger brother. So it's young he cats. watched it. Young yeah, cats yeah. understand Brooklyn Nine Nine to be like the Office or like Parks and Rec. It's very similar. Yeah. It takes place in Office. It's like just Office culture. 
Mm-hmm. And then it's just within the backstory of uh, a cop station. Uh, it's just goofy as heck. Uh, Andy Samberg and Andre Bauer, I love him from Homicide. And Terry Crews uh, in a comedic role is always going to be uh, appreciated, you know? So For sure. It's, gonna, it's, it's a good watch, very easy watch, good 20-minute watch if you ever need to de-stress uh, from the quarantine after a long quarantine day. Throw on some Book of Nine on on Hulu. And uh, catch that show with your, uh, with your lady. Yeah, man. I've been watching uh, Community, actually, as far, as far as comedy. Like, oh. it's delving into some comedic dramas. But that's uh, a Parks and Rec as well. That's know? a deep dive. Community's a deep one. Yeah, man. I like I like. I mean, I liked Good. it in the moment, too. I, I was a watcher, and then I, I didn't finish up the final seasons. But it'll give me an opportunity to see it through. And just... Uh, when I'm looking at episodes that I've seen come on, it's like, oh my god, I remember this exact episode. But um, great show! Like, so I'll check it out too. Brooklyn Nine Nine. I mean, we don't know Brooklyn how long Nine-Nine. we're going to be trapped in here, so we got plenty of time. We got to a get minute. Yeah. Acclimated. In New York, in Brooklyn, it's uh, it's going to be a minute. And uh, for anyone who wants to catch that uh, Chappelle uh, Mark Twain Award documentary, that was uh, definitely worth watching. Uh, a lot of good comedy content there, and a great depiction of uh, you know a lot of Dave's closest uh, personal friends. Max, when can we uh, catch up like this again? Um, whenever you're ready, bro. Like I ain't got no place to be. You- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can make this uh, a monthly thing, once every two weeks. Do some yeah. pop-ins. We should get some of the uh, friends. We should get your man Schwinn. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll fuck with me like that. We, is he my friend like that to that degree? Maybe. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and I heard L. I heard, uh, you know, I heard L. You know, something else from Mar from Marcita. So, you know, yeah. give, give him a call. Give Shwen a call. We'll have him on the show. Have some fun, and uh, you know, we'll do our best. Yeah, that's the homie. I hope. Like, all right, man. All right, man. It's been real. Appreciate you, my man. Have a great evening uh, at home. And thanks again for joining us, uh, Max Julian, man. All right. Have a good evening. You and your family stay blessed, man. You too, brother. See ya. All right. Take care, brother. Love you. You.